Magandang araw sa inyong lahat, podmates. This is Howie Severino again for another hour of coffee-fueled conversation. Joining me today is my youngest guest ever on this podcast, all of 19 years old and a freshman in college, who, like most others his age during this pandemic, has not seen his classmates or professors in person yet. He's an avid reader with wide interests, music, video games, movies, sports, among others. My creative and playful colleagues doing this podcast with me thought it would be fun to turn the tables today and have our guests ask me questions as part of this conversation. He's at home now in Quezon City and I'm currently in Batangas. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present today's guest, my son and only child, Alon Severino. Hi, Alon. Musta na? Hi. Hi, everyone. Oh, Alon, it's 11 a.m. Uh, wala ka bang klase? Sa Ateneo kasi, uh, optional yung synchronous, but it's very encouraged to go. But if you skip, you have to watch the recording. Ah, okay. So, in other words, meron kang klase ngayon that you're skipping because magkakaroon ng recording. Yeah, I deem this to be more important. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, my colleagues, thank you also. Malaking advantage yan, ano? My advantage is, but I still prefer face-to-face because the social aspect of education is, I think, largely underestimated. Like, yung impact niya on a upbringing of a child or uh, even of a young adult like me. I just have one question to ask that's, that's related to, to that, no? So, when Tita Pao messaged you uh, if you could guest on our podcast, ano yung reaction mo? I said, yeah. Why would I say no? This is a good opportunity to learn um, to actually, kasi um, from your podcast, I usually hear it from my room, you know. <laughs> you overhear But it. <laughs> only you, only you talking. So, uh, it's a good experience to be able to actually put myself in the podcast participants' shoes. So I, I, I don't like saying no to big opportunities. Wow. Okay, that's good for me to hear. Okay. Sige, shoot. <laughs> okay, so I prepared some questions para sa'yo, no? Okay. Kasi I think I take it for granted, like, what I know about you. Mm-hmm. Na hindi, siguro hindi alam ng maybe 90% of the audience. So, first question is, on a day-to-day basis... What is the thing you do the most? Or what are the things you do the most? Okay, wow. You're making me think of how I manage my time and maybe even how I waste my time. Uh, well, uh, like many professionals now, no, I work mostly from home. Um, pati yung paggawa namin ng documentaries, nabawasan no? yung frequency. So I don't go to the field as much. And I don't. I hardly go to the office because I can do at home what I usually used to do in the office. Um, but at home, dahil bahay, no, I, I do a lot more home chores, as you know. No, <laughs> uh, The first thing I do uh, when I wake up is make coffee just so I, you know, feel eager to meet challenges. <laughs> And then I do uh, chores, no? As you know, I, I, you know, we don't have a, a helper. No, we haven't had a, a household helper in in several years now. So, tayo tayong gumagawa ng home chores natin. I do our laundry. <laughs> um, so I d- even do your laundry. Uh, I take out the dishes. Usually, meron tayong dishwashing machine. So I I turn it on at night kasi matagal siyang matuyo, no? So in the morning, I take out our dishes. Uh, I water the plants and then I write my to-do list. 
Uh, and then usually I list down everything I need to do. Because uh, it's varying. Like you know, I, like this podcast, I don't do this every day. So, um, but I might do something related to it. Like, um, minsan nagbrainstorm ako kasama ng mga colleagues ko about yung mga sinong topics, sino yung pwedeng maging guest, and then sometimes they'll ask me to help book the guests. Uh, I'll do some research or I'll prepare for an upcoming uh, podcast. And then I also review the scripts. I review the transcripts. So, marami rin trabaho itong uh, podcast even when I'm not doing a recording. No? But aside from that, I also, um, for the office, no, I research uh, COVID safety protocols. I've been a safety officer at GMA Network for several years now. And COVID is just the latest <laughs> threat to safety. No? So, I do a lot of research and drafting of protocols. I give advice to my manager colleagues, my some some vice presidents, to to the uh, top management sometimes. But I also I even do some counseling. A lot of our colleagues are very worried about themselves and their families. Sometimes they get sick, um, so I provide advice because, as you know, I was a very early patient, uh, COVID patient. No, so I've had a lot of experience with this disease. I also help prepare training. And, you know, I do a lot of gardening now and landscaping. I'm into landscaping. I recently created a rock garden. Uh, Alon, when you come to Batangas again, I'm, I'll show you um, the rock garden I've created. Um, I still bike a lot. Okay, but uh, your question is, what do I do the most, no? Um, gosh, it's hard, no? I, you, know, I, you know, I've been preaching to you the importance of balance. So I don't think there's any one thing that takes up most of my time so i try to have a balance between work relaxation family household chores i think i'm i'm not insane yet so i think i've achieved a semblance of of balance as as best as can be accomplished these days so yon i've just given you a rundown of the various things i do so um i guess the short answer to your question is um gardening <laughs> So I just wanted to ask, like, ilang percent of time you spend gardening? Because when I'm in Batangas, like, at any given moment, if I look outside the window, I can see you, like, hunched over a plant or <laughs> hunched in the soil, just, like, digging. Well, you know, just just to uh, make clear to our audience, no, this is a fairly new... I don't even want to call it a hobby. It's become kind of an obsession. No? I mean, it's not like I just jumped on a plantito bandwagon. I've, as you know, Alon, I've been listening to botany audiobooks in the car. So, you know, some a botany professor is, is like giving lectures on photosynthesis and, you know, how roots work, you know, that kind of thing. You know, I do the basic stuff uh, I need to do, like brush my teeth. Uh, sometimes even before I brush my teeth, I start gardening already before it gets too hot. So, you know, nagahardin ako. And what it does is it helps me relax, but at the same time, it consumes me for some reason. Um, it's just, I find so much satisfaction. I never had time for gardening before or landscaping or for taking care of plants because I was often traveling. I was, And when you were growing up, uh, Alon, I was spending a lot of time with you, no. But since you're kind of self-contained already with your own, you know, college world, uh, I have more time for myself, no. And and as you know, Mama has a new job, so that keeps her busy. So I have more time 
you know, I have more me time and a big part of my me time is kind of indulging in this new obsession, you know, and I'm glad in a way, I, you know, I was just writing in my journal this morning. I, I, I told myself, I'm glad this has become my obsession, even a kind of an addiction, you know, because it's healthy, it's wholesome, it multiplies, you can, you know, there's so many rewards from taking care of plants. I give, I give them as gifts, you know, and it makes others happy. It makes me happy. Um, and, you know, I'm a visual person, you know, I, everyone in, in television is a visual person. I know you're a visual person as well. And plants are just, to me, the one of the ultimate visual pleasures, especially if you took care of it yourself, no, and watch it grow and develop and become colorful, blossom, you know. But it can also be a, um, a big disappointment, um, you know, when they die, when they wilt. and But that becomes part of the challenge. And I guess my last point about this is, um, you know, we're we're living through a period when, you know, there's been a lot of suffering and death and plants are an entire universe where death doesn't have to be so bad. Because when a plant dies, even if it's an expensive plant, you know, you don't have to take it so hard. It's not like losing a family member, a friend, or even a pet. Diba? Imagine if Rex, our, our dog, died. Diba? I'm, that, wow, that would be even... Even losing a pet would be devastating. But I've lost plants. I've lost many plants, even plants I liked. And it wasn't so hard. So parang, it's a life and death cycle that's easier to manage. And somehow that's comforting. That's comforting these days. And I think that's also a reason why maraming naging plantito, plantita eh. It's not because they have more time on their hands. It's not because they're mostly at home. I think it, it's a life and death cycle that can easily be renewed. Diba? When you lose a family member, you can't replace that family member with a baby. Diba? Um, wala eh. I mean, each person is so unique and different. Um, but plants... But you can replace plants. Yes, you can place even a unique plant. I mean, there's no plant so unique that it can't be replaced. And somehow that's comforting, uh, especially these days. And I've been thinking a lot about this, why I've been so obsessed by it. You know, I, March, April 2020, I, there, was, there were days when I thought I wouldn't make it, you know. So I thought, you know, I was going to enter another world, diba, and leave this world, this, this world of living things and plants and animals and family and friends. And I came close to that. And then, so now when I see plants and I'm able to nurture life and try to prevent death that way <laughs> there's something parang, there's something so therapeutic there's something so wonderful about it and it takes my mind off a lot of the tragedy we've seen as you know uh, alon four siblings of lola tati passed away within two months this year no so you know that side of our family uh, has been suffering they're still grieving we're still grieving in a way no i mean Especially from my cousins who are children of those siblings of, of my mom, no. So taking care of plants and gardens and landscaping, you know, you you're doing something with your hands. Gardening is very physical. You're you're working with your hands. It's a big change because in my line of work, although it's documentary can be physical, a lot of the work is in your head. You know, you're writing, you're thinking, you're thinking of questions to ask in an interview. Um, you're brainstorming, you know, all, a lot of the work is in your brain, diba. But in gardening, a lot of the work is in your hands. And 
tayo mga in you your most of your work is in your head um and you're you're going to find a profession that's going to be mostly in your head as well but i find that gardening and working with your hands is a completely it's a very very different experience as you said i'm hunched over i'm doing physical work it's given me a lot of respect for just you know people who do labor people who work with their hands in addition to their minds so yeah and thanks for asking me that question alan um it it made me reflect on <laughs> why why i do what i do uh these days okay so moving on to the next question <laughs> comprehensive answer really tackled every aspect <laughs> so next question is what are the things that you're like whenever you see me doing something you're like i taught him that a few things but some some things are pretty easy you know i mean uh, it comes off the top of my head uh, biking definitely i taught you how to bike because as soon as you could walk you know i put you on a little bike did i even have training wheels I don't think so because I was yeah, your training I wheels. Training no, wheels. no, I didn't believe in training wheels. I believed in starting you off uh, on uh, three-wheeled bicycles. Well, remember we had those pedal go-karts um, near CCP? I just tried to make you comfortable like pedaling yourself without the fear of falling. So, may mga mal, you know those those little toy cars that you you sit in and pedal and you you know you you propel yourself around the parking lot. Uh, you, you know, inauupahan yun sa, sa CCP dati, eh. but ngayon wala na. Uh, we spent many of your preschool hours there, no? And then from that, uh, nag-graduate ka na sa mga malilit na bikes. Kasi you saw the other kids riding bikes. So, parang at first, I had to like hold the seat, no? Parang hindi ka mahulog. But I made sure na mababa yung seat. So, kahit, uh, so hindi ka matutumba, hindi ka masasaktan, no? Uh, although, falling is part of biking but you never developed a phobia um which is the trick i think because i have a i have friends who never learned because they fell when they were kids and so parang natakot na sila no and then i think parents discouraged them from from learning how to bicycle because baka baka nga masaktan sila or baka mangitim sila or for whatever reason you know i have i have friends who don't know how to ride uh bikes um but i didn't want you to have that those same reasons, no? Which is mostly fear because of the experience of falling, of injuring yourself, or uh, anyone discouraging you. And definitely, I encourage you to bicycle. Um, you know, biking has given me uh, so much joy in my life. And I learned at seven years old, and I think you learned even younger, no? Uh, I remember my parents did not teach me how to bike. I taught myself at seven, and from, you know, neighborhood kids, no? Uh, the other thing I think proud of that I taught you was comfort in the water. No, I enrolled you in swimming lessons, so I can't um, I can't claim credit for teaching you how to swim. But we spent a lot of time in the pool, and you did a lot of practice uh, in the pool with me, just swimming and then being comfortable in the water. And at a very young age, you know, we threw you in the ocean in Don Sol um, in Sorsogon, so you could swim with the whale sharks. You know, huge huge creatures uh, and we have video of you like you know swimming with uh, whale sharks of course you were wearing a life vest but you were so comfortable and you're so happy and, and giggling and so I'm I'm proud because you know uh, swimming is a survival skill in case you ever get thrown in the water by accident or if there's ever kind of a water accident um, you'll have a fighting chance because you're a pretty good swimmer 
maybe the last thing, um, you know, I could talk on and on about, you know, about that question you asked me, but just a couple more things, no? I think I passed on the love of reading and writing. Of course, Mama did too, but um, you were always surrounded by books and you always saw me reading and, and writing, no? I mean, writing not just on a keyboard, but, you know, you saw me writing in my journal a lot. So that, um, you know, you, you write really well. I can take partial credit for that, but it's mostly you. I can honestly say you, you write better now than me when I was your age. So, you know, just keep it up. Uh, you'll be a really, really good writer uh, as you grow older. So uh, a hobby that I'd like to learn with you next is unicycling. So, you know, it's like we learned how to bike. You taught me how to bike. Let's learn how to unicycle. Oh, my gosh. I think that would be fun. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. You know, I went to Japan uh, and then there's a town there where their PE is unicycling. It's not just biking, but you know, the whole school, all the kids in the school know how to unicycle. So it can't be that hard if you can teach, you know, and, and I'm sure there must have been some awkward kids there who were, but they all learned, no? So well, that's a challenge. Ngayon ko lang narinig yan sa'yo, Alon, ha? Mag-unicycle tayo. Okay, I'm up for that. Um, you know, while I'm still <laughs> fairly young and mobile, I, anything else that you want me to teach you or that you, you know, you think you you should be learning from your parents as a follow-up question mm. for you well the next time you go abroad for a documentary i'd like to come <laughs> is that teaching you something or is well that just, uh, you brought me once before um, benefiting from my perks australia and i learned a lot then yeah so if okay. i could do that again i would love to do that sige but what did you learn in australia you that was i learned ilang I was taong like Wait, 16? 15? You were 15? Oh, so mama ka sa Australia with my documentary team. No, we, we, did, we didn't go to the big cities. We went to the northern territories. We went to the bush of Australia. No? Yeah, Darwin. Darwin was the biggest city. But yeah, we went to um, the tropical part of Australia. Yeah, fascinating place. No? May mga sign doon na nakalagay, uh, don't swim in the beach because there are crocodiles. No? So, yeah. Uh, moving on. Place. Okay, moving on. Um... I think a lot of people don't know about like your upbringing or your previous years before you became the Howie Sabrina. So I wanted to ask about your college life. Um, what was your most interesting experience in college? Oh gosh, college is full of interesting experiences. But one of the earliest interesting experience for me was moving into my dorm room as a college freshman and discovering that my freshman roommate, whom I didn't choose, no, they assign you roommates, was an African American, no, uh, see si Robert Moultrie, you know, he he was uh, an orphan from from New York. Obviously, very different from me, no, I'm. <laughs> Filipino from Manila, uh, and then uh, started rooming with a black guy who, even among African uh, Americans, he had a pretty unique uh, upbringing. No, um, I don't know. I don't know if he ever met his parents. No? So we learned a lot about each other's cultures. I learned uh, about his. I mean, one time I asked him about his hair, and he just started laughing. You know, as if you know, African Americans have hair very different from us. I mean, just learning about each other's you know habits and just the ways we you know um 
uh, groomed ourselves and and dressed up and you know he he was very into his culture he's a doctor now he, we actually found each other on facebook uh he's a doctor now in the caribbean he, he's into public health and mental health actually um but i remember even as a college freshman he was already aspiring to be a doctor he wanted to be a doctor for an orphan from a minority uh, orphan who grew up poor no in in new york and then to aspire to be a, a doctor was and then achieving it you know achieving his ambition um says a lot about about his character you know so that's the kind of person i i uh, roomed with in college uh, but uh, apart from that, no, I I learned journalism uh, while working on the campus newspaper. So that, that was a very valuable and interesting experience. Um, you know, working with 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 others. I met Nino Aquino while he was at Harvard. I was in college in the Boston area at the same time. You know, so that I was very lucky in that sense. I met him not because he was uh, you know some kind of celebrity uh, back then, but because um, I was working on a paper. Uh, about the Philippines, and I had, you know, there was no resource person who had specialized knowledge about the Philippines, except uh, a very few, and one of them was Ninoy, and he readily agreed to meet with me. I was at, I was your age at the time. I was about, I think I was 19 when I met him. You know, he was very generous with his time. Another interesting experience for me in college was, you know, just the changing of the seasons. You know, winters were very cold, but then it would get very warm. Also, just being a member of the minority in America, I became very aware of my identity as a Filipino, as a brown-skinned person. Uh, you know, in the Philippines, you're not so conscious of that. But if you're in a country where most where most people are either white or black, being brown is very much being part of a much smaller minority. You become very aware of your identity, and you you want to you want you feel prouder of it. And um, you, you want to uh, learn more about it, which kind of fueled my interest in our heritage and our history. Listen to the sounds and stories of the Philippines, where myths, legends, and folktales passed down by word of mouth from our ancestors continue to give every Filipino a quick escape and a deep connection to our enchanting nature. The sounds and stories of the Philippines. Follow and listen for free only on Spotify. When you were in college or even now, what's your favorite number in electric fan? <laughs> One. The <laughs> lowest. What? No, the, 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 is, that the, is that the weakest? Yeah. What is it? It's always, I don't, I don't want high. Uh, but usually, if it's not a number, it's like low, medium, high. It's always low. Kasi number one, pag nakahay yung electric fan, mas madaling liparin yung mga papers, tissue, kung ano-ano. No? And very often, I, hindi naman ako yung tipong masyadong naiinitan eh. Diba, as you know, no, we don't use aircon, uh, Alon. That's why you're asking about electric fan. Ano? Hindi tayo nag aircon eh. I don't know, ikaw yata nag aircon no? You turn on the aircon. Only when it's excruciatingly hot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sige. I'll, I'll grant you that. Um, <laughs> kasi nagtitipid tayo sa kuryente, di ba? But uh, at, at the same time, hindi naman tayo yung, we're not an aircon family. Um, we could probably afford a little bit of aircon. Pero hindi tayo nasanay eh. At least ako, no? Hindi ako nasanay. Even mama doesn't use the aircon. Elec- we're, we're more of an electric fan 
family. <laughs> yeah. So moving on, no? what are the types of music you've been listening to lately? You know, aside from podcasts, which I know you listen to. Music. Oh my gosh. You do have like favorite oh artists. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you know, I'm glad that you like music too because uh, I've actually <laughs> liked some of your music. Um, I that's how I discovered, let's say, um, Unique Salonga and Ben and Ben. I first heard those artists um, because of you. No, you know, I'm I'm a child of the '60s, '70s, and 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 '80s. No, so I listen to a lot of oldies. And there's a selection on my podcast called Time Capsule, where uh, it's a playlist of oldies. You know, there's an algorithm on Spotify. They basically uh, put together playlists that you think you will like. So. Um, based on my previous choices. And sometimes, you know, uh, that playlist will contain songs that, you know, I, I didn't realize I would love or I, I, I listened to years ago, but I forgot about them or I just listened to them recently and, you know, they put it on a pl- uh, playlist. So I listened to, you know, a lot of Rolling Stones, a lot of 60s music and also jazz. I listened to a lot of jazz. Um, Yon, um, I'm not really. Oh, I've li- yeah, I've listened to both um, fusion jazz and also I've been listening to a, a lot of Coltrane, uh, John Coltrane, the saxophonist, on live. He's got some live recordings um, from like 50 years ago or more, 60 years ago, maybe. <laughs> really nice saxophone riffs. And uh, and before John Coltrane, I was was listening to uh, Miles Davis. And some Bill Evans. Yon, yung mga old style jazz artists. Okay, so we've covered music. Let's go to cuisine. So I know I know you have some health <laughs> restrictions. No, not restrictions. <laughs> suggestions. Suggestions for your food. So with those in mind, what are your favorite foods? And do you have any like sinful favorites that you wish were healthy? Okay, let's start with the sinful ones. So those are those are those are easy. Um, chicharon, you know, uh, chicharon bulaklak, you know that. The less healthy, the better. Uh, you know, yung talagang when I see it, I think about my gout. You know, sometimes, um, but uh, it's still it's still delicious. Sometimes, you know, I won't buy it, but if someone offers it to me, yeah, it's, it's there. there. It's on the table. Someone else is eating it. I'll I'll eat some at least and. I've had gout attacks, not lately because I've been watching my diet. But if anyone out there uh, has ever had a gout attack, you will give up certain foods you love just to avoid a gout, another gout attack. Okay, so because it's far from pleasant. But there have been times when I see chicharron on the table uh, and I think about gout, I'll just say, you know, it, it might be worth a gout attack. Or a small one, a small gout attack for a small amount of chicharron. So uh, I won't gorge myself on anything that will trigger that again. Uh, but apart from that, okay, uh, I'm mostly a plant-based person, even in my diet. So I eat a lot of salads. Even when I have some meat or fish, it's still going to be mostly vegetables. Um, I've, I've learned to love uh, vegetables. So how about how about sweets like cakes, ice uh, creams? Yeah, it has frappe. It has to be pretty good. Oh, do you like milk tea? No, I know you don't like. No, milk tea. I don't like milk tea uh, for some reason uh, because I make shakes, as you know. You know, I make pretty good 
power shakes and uh i'd rather I'd, emphasis emphasis on power yes i'd rather have that yeah it's power because it it gives me power. Uh, it gives you power too. I make sure they're very healthy. Not just that, they're like super energized with um, some super food like spirulina or granola. Uh, that, well, just this morning, um, I made a power shake with uh, three bananas, um, spirulina, granola, and milk and lots of ice. And that's all I had. Uh, this morning, and I'm full. You know, uh, that was a that was my breakfast, and my first full solid meal will be around lunchtime. Um, I think it's uh, healthier that way. I read that that's that's a pretty uh, healthy diet. You don't need to eat three full meals a day with you know with heaps of rice at every meal. Uh, actually, that's might not even that's probably not even healthy. You know, to be eating rice all the time at every meal. So sometimes. Uh, fasting can be healthy for you also it helps c clean out your system and um, then you know you just make up for it with with a with a good healthy meal as a media person you know in order to produce the body of work that you have I think you really have to love what you're doing and I think part of that comes from loving film mm -hmm. and loving media mm -hmm. in general mm -hmm. so I wanted to ask what's the last movie that deeply affected you Goyo remember that um, movie about Gregorio del Pilar. I've actually never seen Goyo. Yeah, but is, am I getting the title right? Yeah, Goyo. Yeah, no? Goyo. yeah. Batang General. Yes. Uh, well, as you know, I'm a history buff. Uh, I hesitate to call myself a historian, even though I majored in history. I don't have an advanced degree. So I'm just a history buff uh, who likes history documentaries, history movies, history books. And I like that. Uh, maybe at cinema, I'm sure there are people who will, you know, nitpick and find things to critique or, or be critical about. But just seeing history on the screen, um, it tries to be fair to the facts. No, I'm, you know, it's, it's a fiction film, but many of the characters were true um, and some of the incidents were true. Um, and then it was dramatized. Uh, you know, I just, I love that one. So, Goyo over General Luna. Okay, General Luna. Okay, I'm I'm a bit troubled by um, the way General Luna was was portrayed, although it might have been accurate as well. There was betrayal there in that you know it didn't paint a good picture of Filipinos. You know there was backstabbing and betrayal and um, um, but that's our history. You know um, we're not. We're not denying it. A lot of it was probably true, but just made me made me feel sad about our history. Goyo did not make me feel as as sad, although he he died at the end. Whoa, spoilers! Sorry for, sor sorry for that spoiler, but he died. He really died young, <laughs> and of course, the movie is going to to show that as well. Um, so that's no that's no secret. That's not a, that's not a surprise. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we all we all we all we all know that. You like historical documentaries. <laughs> the last movie that affected you was Goyo. Okay. Um, but are there other genres that you also prefer to watch that could, you know, surprise the people who don't know you? Like action, animation, um, comedy, well, comedy, uh, comedy, Woody Allen. Uh, I, well, I, I like Woody Allen. What do you call that? Situational comedy. Uh, he's just, I find him so, you know, he's such a geeky, awkward person. I think in real life, and that's and he portrays that uh, on screen as well. Very clever situational 
comedy. But sometimes he's into gags also, so it's 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 pretty funny. He's pretty funny. I've liked Hugh Grant. Of course, Dolphy, diba. Um I when I was growing up, I watched uh, Dolphy films. So just to interject, uh-huh. why don't you talk about your favorite K drama? So ngayon na uso na yung Netflix and streaming services. There was like a period of time where you were really really into this one K drama. <laughs> Yes. Can, uh, so, have you been compelled to watch series now that you know services like Netflix exist? Okay, you're talking about Move to Heaven. Okay, have you seen that, by the way? Not yet. No. Okay. After all of my recommendations, you haven't seen that yet. Move to Heaven. The dramas are long. I, well, it's, uh, that's only I thought I won't call eight eight episodes lang yata. Anyway, um, no, I haven't felt compelled to watch more K drama. Because it's just time taken away from gardening and other things I like to do. Um, and I've already spent, you know, the way I see it, uh, the way I see my time and my life, there's a screen life and then there's an off-screen life. Okay, That's one way of dividing your time. Watching K-drama just adds more screen time to my life. And it might throw off my balance or my attempts at trying to balance my life between the on-screen part and the off-screen part. And I like the off-screen part. I like biking and reading real books and gardening and kayaking and, you know, all, all the stuff I, I do in the real world. Uh, you know, there's so much I already do on a screen. You know, my work is on-screen. What we're doing now is, is in a way, on-screen. So if I, if I were to get into K-drama, and it's not a reflection of, you know, their entertainment value of their quality. I'm sure I'd love, you know, you and Mama watch K-dramas and I'm sure you, you guys enjoy it a lot. But if I were to get into it, uh, I'd, I'd read a lot less. And I figure, you know, I'm a lot older than you and I don't really have a lot of time left in my life, I think, to finish all the books that I want to read. So, you know, apart from the other things I want to do, um, but mostly reading. Because that's what trade-off eh, between watching movies on Netflix or, or K-dramas on a screen and reading books. And I have a lot of books I just lying around. Um, I have like four books on my bed right now. So anyway, that's that's the answer. Uh, I, I haven't felt compelled uh, although I probably enjoy it as well maybe we should I, I don't mind I wouldn't mind watching it if, if we watch together siguro we haven't really done that done done it that much because you and mama and I like to do different things on screens so maybe we should do something in common okay so when people think of you I think they have like an image in terms of fashion fashion yeah so what type of clothes are you usually comfortable wearing like, meron ka bang specific collection or a specific apparel that you like? You know, obviously, the vest, iconic. But, you know, any type of footwear that you love. Like, any favorite colors. You know, in terms of what I wear, I don't even call it fashion. I call it just stuff I need to wear. Uh, I'm I'm very practical when I... Even though... Pockets. Well, yeah, pockets, I pockets. you know, I appear on TV. So, I guess I should be more aware or more conscious and pay more attention to wardrobe. Um, you know, and there are people who are paid to do that, to, to pay attention to your wardrobe. So I guess in, in more formal uh, situations, like in the studio or shooting a plug or something, uh, I, I really have to be more uh, conscious of what I'm wearing. But 
like doing documentaries um, in just everyday situations, I'm all about comfort. And sometimes I'm also into making a statement. Uh, I don't like to wear a clothing or shirts with a brand name on the chest. You rarely find me doing that unless it's something I really believe in. Like eyewitness. I'll wear <laughs> eyewitness shirts. I have a Stand for Truth shirt that <laughs> that I also wear when I garden because sometimes people approach me and you know want to have their picture taken. At least I'm I'm wearing a shirt that's making a statement, although it's the name of a show, it's a GMA. But well, a t-shirt na nabili ko, no? na laki laki ng Stand for Truth. So it's it's a nice slogan in addition to being the name of a show. I'll also wear uh, ethnic um, clothes as again it's it's I guess a statement apart from being a practical thing um, practical thing meaning when you buy like native clothing or local clothing you're actually helping the local economy and local artisans or whoever made the clothing and maybe and whoever sold you the clothing it's helping um, the Philippines in a way and I learned this from mama no she told me when we were newly married that every purchase is a political act everything you buy there's a political implication no um, like if you buy for example coffee from Starbucks you'll be helping a big corporation you know rather than buying a coffee from a local coffee shop you know where a standalone or a pop-up coffee shop owned by you know a struggling artist or you know you'll be helping the struggling artist rather than you know the owner of a big company uh, so that's a political act, preferring to buy from a small business rather than a large business. Ever since your mom told me that, I've been conscious of what I buy. You know? um, I'll still buy imported stuff if I really like it, but um, I'm always conscious that um, who is it going to benefit? You know? Who is it going to benefit if you buy uh, imported clothing versus uh, a local weave, for example? I One of my favorite vests when I appearing on Zoom actually is a Mindanao Manobo vest. It's a local weave that Mama gave me when she, um, that she bought uh, in Mindanao. So for someone like me, who's quite visible, wearing something native creates awareness of our local culture and craft as opposed to wearing something that's Western or something imported, you know. And it's not just a fashion preference um, it can also be a political act yeah, as as mama uh, told me many years ago so on your social media outlets next topic we see a lot of animals you know Timothy the cat oh. in Batangas Rex the dog or dogster so would you consider yourself an animal lover like do you like having pets is there any type of animal that you would like to adopt as like a dream pet like a dragon a dragon <laughs> Um, well, I'm quite happy with our current pets. Um, not sure how easy it would be to take care of a dragon. Let me see. Gosh. To be honest, I, I consider some of my plants kind of almost like pets. You know, they have their own personalities and, <laughs> and behaviors. And, you know, means I'm magtatampo, you know, if, if you forget about them uh, and they'll start to wilt, you know. But in terms of animals, gosh, certainly... I wouldn't want to keep any wildlife kasi magagalit si mama, no? So, kailangan domesticated animal. Maybe a pet pig. Do you know? I knew this before, but um, Kuya Kim uh, Atienza, when I interviewed him 
um, reminded me that pigs are actually clean animals. It's like it's people who make them dirty. But if you take care of pigs properly, they're actually pretty clean. No? Uh, so you can actually keep them in your house. And they're pretty smart. They're very smart animals. No? So, you know, they can become affectionate. They can become, you know, you can teach them tricks, I think. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, one of these days, we should have a pet pig. Well, we should. <laughs> we should We should consult with mother. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, no, no. Okay, yeah. so, we, we won't do that without okay. her approval. This is just the first half of my heart-to-heart conversation with my son, Alon. We will stream part two tomorrow, so listen in. This episode was produced by Arcy Formales and Pau Requesto and edited by J.R. Magtoto with the wonderful people of GMA News and Public Affairs Digital. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Till the next pod, mabuhay kayo at ingat lagi.